So I don't plan on making this podcast a daily occurrence by any means, probably no more than once or twice a month moving forward, but something recently came to my attention that needs mentioning. Anyone who knows me knows that I have been in the tank for Mitt Romney really from day one. Ever since the day we all sat in front of our TVs and watched the map of red and blue go up throughout the day, and realizing like how it always does that it looked like it was coming down to Ohio, and then realizing that Mitt wasn't going to have the votes that he was going to need, and coming to grips with the fact that we now had four more years of Obama, four more years of increasing national debt, four more years of increasing racial tensions, four more years of terrible foreign policy, and the realization that now Obamacare was going to become a real thing. Then the, the subsequent uh, months followed, and there was like a period of depression there where I, I kind of was living in denial, and and uh, then that Netflix documentary came out, the Mitt documentary, and I probably watched that more times than anyone else on Netflix. As sad as that is, it was like a it was like my version of a of a girl watching The Notebook after a a bad breakup, <laughs> and. Uh, the fact is, is, I just see Mitt Romney, and it's not just because I'm Mormon. I, I see Mitt Romney as the candidate that the Founding Fathers would have envisioned as a modern-day presidential candidate. He just has everything that you could possibly ask for. I could make a whole podcast episode on how great a guy Mitt Romney is. And it, it, it was so telling. The left probably dedicated a 100 people to trying to dig up dirt on Mitt Romney during that campaign. And the best dirt they could find was the fact that on some family trip, they had strapped the dog's kennel to the roof of the car so they could enjoy the fresh air. It's as if people have never seen a dog with its head out the window in a car. They seem to like it. I don't know. We should ask them. And, you know, it's funny because you compare that dirt, you compare that dirt to the dirt on Hillary Clinton and the dirt on Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, Hillary Clinton, you could you could make a two-hour movie just going in to the scandals that woman has been involved in. And Donald Trump, well, he speaks for himself. I mean, really, the two candidates we have right now, it's basically Ursula the Sea Witch versus Biff and Back to the Future 2. I mean, that's how bad it is. And that's why I've been making, um, if you've been following my social media at all over the last six months, I've been making quite a few predictions about a potential Mitt Romney entry into the race. Uh, back in January, February, I was saying maybe he would hop in there and and steal the nomination from Trump. Um, and then time continued to pass. He gave his little anti-Trump speech, and I started to think, well, maybe he'll get in really late and force a brokered convention. In other words, deny Donald Trump the 1237 delegates he would need to secure the nomination, and then uh, the delegates could then uh, pick a new candidate, which hopefully would have been Mitt, and that didn't happen. Um, then it got to the point where I fell back on my final prediction, which was, okay, Mitt Romney is going to run as a third-party candidate. And I even made the prediction um, about a week ago on Twitter, and I said, within the next two weeks, Mitt Romney will enter the race. It's pretty safe to say now that that prediction was wrong. Mitt Romney, in his most recent interview on CNN a few days ago, just didn't have the rhetoric of a man who was just about to jump into the presidential race. And it's not as though he entirely ruled it out, but it definitely wasn't going to happen soon. Uh, and the, the reason I've continued these predictions, I mean, part of it probably is just wishful thinking and delusion and all that. But a part of the reason is, is you have to look at Mitt's behavior over the last year or so. And he seems to be a little bit more involved, a little bit more in the public eye. 
than a guy who has zero intention, has nothing up his sleeve. I just think he's acting like someone who is staying just enough in the public eye that if the opportunity were to arise, that he would still be a commodity, that he'd still be a known factor, not some old guy collecting dust in his mansion. But the, the fact still remains that there's a lot of things in the way of Mitt getting into the race. Namely, it's a timetable of ballot access. Uh, a lot of states have deadlines that you have to file by, which usually require petitions with signatures to make you an official candidate for president so that you can be on the ballot on election day. And some of those state deadlines have passed, uh, namely Texas, South Dakota, North Carolina. And so as more of those deadlines come, the, the logic is that it becomes more and more difficult for an independent candidate to come in. Because even though they do have the ability to appeal those deadlines and most likely be able to, to get some of them back, you just reach a point where there's so many of them, but you, that it's just the legal fees add up so much that it just becomes extremely difficult. But then I read this article uh, the other day, and it wasn't really a well-known article. It was posted on The Hill, and no one's really talking about it, but I think it's very, very interesting. So um, it's talking about this conservative donor named John Kingston, it's, and I'll just quote from the article. It says, Conservative donor John Kingston will act as chairman of Better for America, which says it will have the framework in place for the late entrance of an independent candidate into the general election. Now, uh, this guy has Mitt Romney ties, by the way. Uh, the group claims there is still time for a viable independent candidate to emerge and meet the cumbersome ballot access requirements that are a hurdle for any third-party candidate. We have built a dedicated, experienced team with, ex with expertise in legal, political, grassroots, digital, communications, and other fields that will need to get this job done, McDonald said in a statement. We are full speed ahead on getting ballot access readied for a candidate worthy of this great country. What this tells me is that there's a group of Republicans that have something up their sleeve. They're doing it undercover, they're doing it quietly, but there's something up their sleeve. And no one sees it coming because it's never happened before. But I think the logic here is, if we enter now, we probably just get swallowed up in the news cycle of crazy Donald Trump statements, of Hillary getting away with murder, and by the time the election rolls around, the excitement and the momentum of jumping into the race at the last minute and saving the country has kind of died off, and people probably fall back to their regular partisan voting patterns. But let's say if you could have everything ready, all the framework prepared, all the ballot access already there, and someone jumps in, let's say, six weeks before the election, think about the splash that makes. Just in the moment where we're really coming to terms with the fact that our options for president are Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You know, in this great, like, what have we done moment we'll be having. Suddenly, Mitt rides in on his white horse to save the day. Think about the media splash that it creates, and think about how much that turns everything upside down. Just in the moment where we're ready to sell our souls to get rid of these candidates, here comes another option. And he's running right down the center, right between Republicans and Democrats. Reachable distance for anyone to compromise and say, you know what, I can vote for this guy, not because of policy, not because I necessarily love the guy, but because he's so much better than these other two options that I'm willing to do it. And the thing is, he doesn't need to beat them. He just needs to win enough states to push the election to the House of Representatives. Keep Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump from, from a majority or 270 electoral votes 
The vote then goes to the House of Representatives, where they almost certainly elect Romney. Because the thing is, is Hillary and Donald Trump can say they want to unify this country, but no one's going to believe them. It's like a, it's like a war where a country walks over to another country with a treaty that says the conditions of this treaty is unconditional surrender. I mean, it's basically saying, come to my side of the fence and then we'll be unified. No one buys into that. Mitt Romney could say that and mean it. People could get behind that. Because I think most people at the core, even more important than all the policies they stand for, I think they realize that the biggest issue facing this country right now is the polarization. And we need an answer to that. And these two people aren't going to give us that answer. And I think that's the campaign he runs. I think he brings in possibly a left-leaning vice president to get everyone on board. And I think it works. And I think this is, this is the genius of it, is that it has to happen at the end. Because Americans don't have a very long attention span. We like entertainment. We like it right in front of us. We like it now. And then tomorrow we want what's next. It would be like some great movie with a plot twist at the end. And everyone loves a good plot twist. And I think it's going to happen. And if I'm wrong, then we're all screwed.